Okay, welcome to episode 47 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, as always, joined by my co-host Sixten Funquist on a beautiful Friday morning, Sixten. It's awesome here. We're actually getting some sun and, well, things are looking good. Yeah, it's actually kind of starting Literally. to feel like spring. Actually. I've been going for bike rides the last couple of days and it's much more pleasant to bike when, you know, it's not minus one outside and your lungs are on fire. Still windy, though. It is still very windy, yeah. But it's always windy in Linköping. Yes, but uh, yeah, this past week, um, I mean, the, I, I think we've kind of been trying to uh, predict playoffs and stuff like that for the last three episodes or so, but we still really don't have a solid picture of who's going to end up where because there's still just just way too many tight races going on right now. Yeah, I was actually trying to to come up with a piece like an article where to <laughs> to, to kind of solidify where everyone would end up, and it's just damn near impossible, even even though... I think HV71 is the only team that ha- really has mathematically solidified their place in the standings. They they are guaranteed now to yeah. uh, to finish in the relegation in the bottom two because they've only yeah. got no, two No, they're, they're actually guaranteed to finish dead last. Oh, yeah, you're right. They are because, yeah, they're uh, nine points back of Brinus with just two games remaining. So guaranteed to finish 14th overall for HV71, which is, you know, it's a, it's a little bit disappointing because HV71 had such a good team coming into the season. I, you know, we've discussed this before. Both you and me had them finishing, I think, top four in our yeah, preseason so. predictions. So we, we, let's start there because uh, obviously we had three games yesterday. We're going to go through all the games, but let's start with HV71 to kind of kill the elephant in the room here. Uh, well, uh, I guess the big stat to point out is in their last two games, they've been outscored 13 to nothing. Uh, yeah, uh, and the, <laughs> you want to hear something ironic? Mm. Of, of course you do. Uh, when Lean Shopping had their troubles uh, looking for a new goalie, there was actually a campaign to donate money to get the uh, well to get the club some money to make the investment. And there were apparently a few HV71 supporters or fans donating money to said cause. Uh, and now that Lean Shopping has their goalie, uh, they're Pretty much in the clear, not not completely in the clear, but things are looking good. And the the goal differential of HV71 in the last uh, two games is 0-13, which is the local number area code for Linköping. Huh. So that's full circle for you. That is a very interesting and very obscure kind of trivia right there. Yeah, but it's it's kind of I, I like those kind of full circle kind of things, and that's uh, as much as for as much of full circle you can get, I guess. But yeah, speaking of Linköping, obviously uh, they had probably one of their most important games of the season last night. Um, I actually sat down there and watched that game, and it was Linköping looked fantastic. Um, they got a bit of a lucky game winner from Jako Rissanen. He was a couple inches off the red line and basically hugging the corner boards. Bit of a mistake there from Mantis Armalis, but uh, you know what? With the way Lynch Hoping's been playing, it's uh, it's nice to see them get a little bit of puck luck compared compared to previous uh, attempts in the season. I was about to say they've had that that those kind of goals going against them for the for the last couple of well, I should wouldn't wouldn't just say this season, but the last couple of years, and it's finally <laughs> the puck luck kind of turned for them in in a swift motion there. Um, Obviously, it's a bad, bad break for Mantas Armalis. Uh, he's re- he really needs to 
to kind of eliminate that chance off the. I think it goes head, shoulder, post in or something. I think um, yeah. Well, I think it goes off the like basically. He's, you know, he's looking at the board, so it angles off his mask and down into the net. So yeah. So so that's a it's a weird goal, a lucky bounce for Linköping, and it proved to be the game winner as as it was the three one goal in a three two game. So uh, yeah. But let's just pause on Jakorisa, and he's got I think four goals and two assists in his past two games now. Which is uh, decent. Well, not just Jakob Rissanen, but en- the, the whole Enchoping team has been um, producing offense. Uh, I think coming into last night's game, they were second overall in the last five games when it comes to goals scored. I believe they had 19 goals in the last five games uh, coming into last night's contest. So, like, they, they, they've just got their offense rolling right now. And you know what? The last night's game, also huge because they still are in the playoff hunt uh, with that win against Year Gordon. That um, is so- true. And so your Gordon's got one game remaining, and they're playing Foriestad. Linchoping has two games remaining, Lulio and HV71. If your Gordon loses in regulation and Linchoping wins both games in regulation, then Linchoping is able to claim a, a playoff spot for the first time in, uh, in a couple seasons. Yes, we're going to get back to HV71, but let's just finish the subject of Linchoping here. Um, I think they looked really solid yesterday. Um, they've been looking solid in the past couple of games. I think that was their fifth straight win, if I'm not mistaken, which is, I mean, coming in clutch when it matters the most, really. Um, but the, what what kind of impresses me is that they when, when they let in a goal like the Red Rekshani equalizer yesterday, which, which was a beauty, to be fair, uh, they didn't get deflated because they had just grabbed the one nothing lead and then uh, Rakshani kind of equalized on the on the breakaway. And back in like I don't know November December January there you you'd, you'd see Linship be kind of just deflate or implode or whatever you want to say. Now they just got back into the grind mode and kept chugging and then yeah, that's what you need right now. Yeah, they're they're playing really well. They've got their minds in the right place. Like you said, they're not getting deflated when they you know give up a goal like that. I believe I think it was like ninety seconds after they scored to make it one to nothing. Um, and you know what? I'm obviously I'm a bit biased, and we are because we live in Linköping. We uh, uh, we, we it's kind of our team. But um, I would just with the role they're on, I would love to see what they are they, they'd be able to do in the playoffs. Like they could potentially be a dark horse if if they're able to make a playoff spot and keep this uh, keep this momentum going. Maybe um, the the most important thing for lean shipping and quite honestly the entire region of 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 Ostiatland or at least the lean shipping municipality and its surroundings would be to stay clear of relegation battle, and obviously stay clear of relegation, because the importance of lean shipping hockey club for the region in terms of sponsorship uh, attention, well it it brings a spotlight to lean shipping that's quite honestly if it goes away. Um, will be hard to replace and uh lean shopping yeah it's a it's a university town and all that but it doesn't i mean nothing compares to sports and lean the shl is the biggest league with football uh so, sorry all sense kind of soccer um and if if you get relegated it's not an easy way to get back uh, especially with the new system so staying clear of relegation is the first and foremost priority here but obviously like you said if they were to go into playoffs anything can happen man remember you might not but i do and when hb71 of all teams actually made the playoffs in 1995 they came in at the uh, as the last team in 
and won the whole goddamn thing. And we've seen that before, like in the NHL, the LA Kings in 2012, for instance. Uh, so because you get that momentum, you kind of go, you 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 relax and you, you just play. And that's what Linköping are doing right now. Well, I think coming into the postseason like that, like you said, the comparison between HV71 and the LA Kings, one of the things that works to teams, uh, the, the advantage of teams like that is they have no expectations. They have no pressure. And like you said, they, they can play relaxed hockey because in their mind, being able to just sneak into the playoffs like that equals already a successful season. And so if, if Linchoping is able to pull off, a, a, you know, it would be a minor miracle if they made the playoffs. You know, we're not getting our help ahead of ourselves too much here. But if they manage to sneak into the playoffs, they have absolutely no pressure because just, you know, a month, month and a half ago, people were expecting them to be in the relegation series. And uh, it just goes to show how quickly things can turn around in this league with a five-game win streak, like you said, for Linchoping. Now, putting them in a potential playoff spot yeah uh i would say they need four points out of those last two games and while uh, you're gonna get no points uh because the goal differential to you're gordon is uh you're gonna are minus 10 and being shipping are minus 16 and even though hb 71 have let in 13 goals in the past two games i think the 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 opposition of lean shopping might just give them a bit of a boost so they won't roll over and die as easy. So uh, nothing comes easy down the stretch here. Yeah, and like you said, I, I would have to agree with you. Linchoping needs to beat your Gordon in the points, in points. And so they need their three points back right now. They got to hope for your Gordon to lose in regulation and then them win at least one in regulation or potentially two in overtime. Uh, to claim that final playoff spot. We are kind of ignoring Malmo at the moment just uh, because they have five games remaining on the season. So it's it's unless they lose, obviously, all five of those games, which I doubt they will. Um, that's kind of why we're ignoring the Red Hawks at the moment. They're in a bit of a unique situation right now with the amount of games they still have left to play. So I think this is a race between Linchoping and your Gordon. And um, with the way yeah. Linchoping has been playing, it, uh, it, could, it could be interesting. Yeah, and for context, let's just... Uh... To clarify that, Jurgården are in ninth place with 65 points. Uh, Malmö are in tenth with 64 points, and Linköping are in eleventh with 60. Yeah, sorry, 62 points. So with Malmö having five games left to play, they can actually finish with 79 points, way ahead of both Jurgården and and Linköping here. So uh, they can actually climb to uh, eighth place, um, Malmö. So that's uh, they're in a bit of a league of their own. Uh, they got a pretty tight schedule to play. Cholefteo today. Uh, in Cholefteo, I'm actually working that game, not in Cholefteo, unfortunately, which is a beautiful town up north. Then they face, uh, sorry, Erebro on Sunday. They play Lexand Monday, Ferjestad on Wednesday, and then they finished off with Vekha at home uh, next Saturday, I believe that is. So they got a pretty bit, bit of a tight schedule, but I mean, they're pretty much in the clear, so... Yeah, and, you know, Malmo going into that little break that they were forced to take due to the outbreak, um, they, they obviously they were on a hot run, and it's uh, it's tough to see a team like that get slowed down by something like COVID. But it's going to be interesting to see how they pick back up, and I guess we'll get kind of a, a better idea of if they're able to keep that momentum going tonight against Teleftio, because, uh, yeah, they've really made a surge, kind of like Linköping, with uh, a bunch of wins in a row. So, so I'm not... I'm not- I don't want to do the whole <clears throat> tinfoil hat kind of thing, but I'm gonna do the whole tinfoil hat kind of thing. <laughs> not, 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 not as I as a believer of the theory. I just want to put it out there and see what you think, what our listeners think. Okay, I want to be perfectly clear here. 
And if I'm wrong, please correct me. But I've heard the following, and I haven't been able to verify this. But as far as I know, teams aren't required to send in anything of a proof that they've got the coronavirus within the, the organization. Have you heard anything else? Can uh, they just tell the league that, well, we got the virus now, we need to shut things down? That's what I've heard. And I'm going to look it in, look it up. Uh, I have someone I can... I can talk to here. Uh, okay, but, well, if that is the case, why would a team purposely... Yeah, I'm just putting... I'm, I'm not a, Like I said, I'm not a believer. <laughs> I'm just interested because what happens... The, the, the contradiction would be the the tight schedule down the stretch here now. Now, wouldn't it? Like Malmö, they've got five games in a bit of in eight days now, which is, I mean, just insane. And Breen has got, uh, ooh, I'm not, I don't have their schedule in front of me. Give me a second. They got one, two, three games in, in a span of five days. So, but I mean. Okay, okay. Uh, Here, here's some more tinfoil hat if you really let's want to get go, into Let's go, We can name this episode tinfoil hats. Let's okay, so it, it hasn't been confirmed, obviously, but there has been a lot of talk around the league that they would um, end up basically canceling some regular season games if they had no impact on the standings just to kind of protect the players and the teams. That hasn't been confirmed. It's just kind of been rumors and bouncing around the league like that. However, if you expect that you, some of your games aren't going to be played, and Malmo mm -hmm. could be in a situation where they have some of their regular season games outright canceled heading into the postseason, would you want to make up the fact you had a COVID outbreak so that you could potentially rest your players after the games had been canceled? This is so weird. We need to get proof of what's going on here. <laughs> this is this is complete speculation, of course. And of course. we're just kind of going out on a limb here for some total, totally tinfoil hat craziness. But uh, yeah, I, I'm yeah. glad you brought this up. I mean, it's weird. It is weird. Yeah, if, you know, if Malmo knows they're guaranteed to make the postseason, they've got five games remaining. And with other teams, you know, finishing up their regular season... And perhaps Malmo thinks, hey, maybe we'll get a couple games at the end of the regular season canceled for us and we can rest our players heading into the postseason. Jesus. Let's, okay, let's do it like this. Listeners, send us your tinfoil hat theories and we'll just <laughs> go completely apeshit with this because it's funny and we're bored. And uh, I, I'm and so of course, tired of this. Virus. Like I said, I just do want to clarify this is rumors, speculation. This is yes. not guaranteed. We are just having fun with this right now. So we are it's... no believers. We're, we're just putting it out there for funsies. Uh, so getting back to actual things uh, and landing this spaceship from the tinfoil space station that is Twitter. Uh, that's not good. Uh, okay, let's get back to the standings. I want to I want to go back to HB seventy one actually uh, to just tie tie a bow on everything here. Uh, and I completely lost my table now because my computers told me to update something which I don't want to. So give me a second. Uh, I'm, for those of you who don't know, I'm on two computers. Uh, here we go. So, HP71, we, we talked about them. We hailed them as one of the potential, actually, candidates to win the entire championship heading I think, into I the think most. I think most experts coming into the season had them, like, top three, top four finishing this season. Yes, and what's, what's weird to me is, well, they didn't get a great start, and I do believe that coaching change came too late. I really do, um, because they didn't look good off the hop, to be honest. And that, I think that messed with the chemistry. I don't know what their signings of Siskonen C C or Otto Illumaki really has done. Uh, and the yesterday, towards the end of the 
was it the first or second period? Jordan Murray just went, I don't know, he had a blackout and took it uh, to a four-minute double minor, setting them back even further. So uh, there's something fishy in the organization. Jo- uh, Johan, uh, Johan Davidson leaves his post as assistant or associate general manager uh, after the season. I do believe I do believe him when he said he was due to do that anyway. But I'm guessing the situation of the club kind of helped him in his decision, uh, or at least sped it up a bit. So something's fishy here. Uh, obviously, losing that many games early on or not getting going, I mean, it, it affects chemistry and confidence and all that. But I, I, there's something weird with HB71 this season, and I really can't put my finger on it. Do you have a theory? I honestly have no idea. Um... I haven't been able to really follow the league as closely as I wanted to this season, just being stuck in Canada since August. Um, it's just, I, I, I think everybody is kind of blown away with what has happened in HB 71. And I don't think there's one specific problem that you can point to, to say, this is where it went wrong. I think there's just a whole bunch of minor things that all kind of cascaded together to uh, create a perfect uh, storm of um, it's a ca- catastrophe. failure, basically uh, in HB 71. So, I mean, losing six nothing to who did he lose to uh, Lexand and then Lexand and then seven nothing to Oscar Sean. Lexand, that's understandable. They're a great team, and we're gonna talk about them in a I while. I want to talk about them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have so much praise for them right now. But let's let's just finish off HB seventy one before they do that do that themselves. Um, just like I told you yesterday, Lias Anderson played nineteen games for HB seventy one. He's actually tied for. Give me a second. One, two. He's ninth in points in HV71 this season. He's tied for... Having played less than half a season. Yes. Uh, he has 11 points, I should say. He's also... Uh, uh, tie, uh, sorry, he's tied for eighth in scoring in actual goals with five goals. Yeah. It's, I mean, and... their top scorer. They've got Anton Vedin. They got Anton Vedin. He has 27 points in 37 games. So, I mean, that's not bad by any by any stretch. Uh, they've got a couple of guys here. I mean, Eric Martinson has had one hell of a season. He's got 35 points in 50 games. Alexander Bergström, uh, 33 points in 42 games. That's really good as well. They don't have any point-per-game players. They lack... I mean, obviously, they lost Johannes Schienwall at a, at a critical stage. He's only played 31 games. He did come back, though. He played yesterday, I believe. Um, Axel Holmström hasn't really played that well he's got 12 points in 14 uh, 40 games sorry matt donovan i praised him before he's looked really good he's got seven points as a d-man in 12 games and in the struggling side that's i mean that's to be fair it's really good but i mean no with those individual players you can expect more well and i think to be able to kind of get a, a picture of how good HV71 has the potential, had the potential to be this season, is all you have to do is look at their power play. It's 28% efficiency right now, second per, second overall in the league. And I think you had mentioned it would finish, I think, third overall for uh, the third best power play in an SHL regular season. And they were damn close to topping 29%. And I so don't I don't I don't know what's wrong with them five on five, but on the power play they are just incredible. Their penalty kill as well is fourth overall in the league, sitting at eighty percent. And you know typically you want your power play and your penalty kill to equal a hundred percent. And right now they're sitting at one hundred and eight percent on special teams. So that 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 gives you a good insight as to how good this team could have been. But five on five, they just they just can't get it done. 
No, and I mean, they were down one nothing after the first period yesterday against Oscar Samden. It was a nice goal by Tyler Kerlaher, but but I mean, they got a... I mean, Oscar Sam scored an early 2 nothing goal, uh, three or something into the second period, and then just rolled. I mean, between 4 nothing, uh, Sorry, between... Three nothing and five nothing. It was they came in a span of three minutes and thirty one seconds in in the middle uh, in the middle of the second period, and then they just added to it in their early minutes of the third period with two more goals. So I mean, well, it's the same thing that happened against Lexan back on Tuesday night. I was working that game. Lexan was up two nothing going into the third period, and then HV seventy one for whatever reason literally just imploded on themselves giving up four goals in the span of about five minutes I think in the third period and and Lexan coming away with a big six nothing win so it's just it, it's it's hard to watch honestly yeah and I was talk much I just want to clarify that the first goal of from Tyler Keller wasn't a beauty it was a really I mean it's a shit goal to be fair because uh it's he he, he goes away from the angle kind of bit and he just he I don't know. Look at the highlight at SHL.se and tell me your thoughts because I'm talking to the listeners here. It's it's weird. He's on the he's in the slot, goes away from his angle, and I don't know what Jonas Gunnarsson does, but it's weird. It's really weird. He sh- shouldn't be able to score from like a with a backhand with a back towards his net from that angle. It's uh, it's weird. But Jonas Gunnarsson yeah. made 37 saves in that game anyway. Yeah, and but he also did give up a couple of really weak goals. That Cato goal in the third period as well, where Cato's coming in along the right hand side and just Cato, that's Lexan though. Uh, oh yes, yeah, talking about the Lexan game, um, and Cato just snaps it five hole along the ice. Should have been a pretty standard save that you could uh, you could tell some of the HV seventy one players and of course the goaltender as well just frustrated with you know giving up these these weak goals that you you really shouldn't be seeing in this kind of. Uh, kind of league it's weird uh yeah let's just leave hp71 we're gonna get back to to them in a while when they're playing the playouts against one team and honestly the way they're looking right now i don't think they'll make it yeah it'll be interesting to see yeah um let's Moving talk upwards. about Lexand. Yes. Let's go from a team that is struggling to a team that is on fire. Seven game win streak, 20 out of a possible 21 points over that span. And they have just, they, they've launched themselves from, you know, in a battle for a top six position to now they are comfortably in third place. Yeah, they did secure um, top four yesterday by beating, uh, p- putting on a performance, to be fair against uh, Rögle away in Engelholm. That was really, really good. Uh, we're going to talk about Janne Juvonen in a while, but I want to praise Björn Hellqvist. I, I, I've talked about him before. There was this big controversy when he left Modo for Lexan, but the, the man's a winner. He, he has The standards he sets in, on his teams are high. It's a high standard and very high expectations. He expects everything from anyone at any given time, and I love that. He holds them accountable. He makes sure the team is relaxed when they need to be. And when they're focused, they're dialed in 110% all the time, always. Honestly, Lexan has emerged as a, as a title outsider to me. I got to say, they're so good. Absolutely. Um, I, w- I would have to agree with you um, uh, when you say they could be a title contender this this season. Uh and and it's interesting to see as well compared to last season because they did make some changes in the offseason, obviously, but they 
kept most of their major pieces in place from the the team last year that uh, that ended up struggling so much and finishing in the bottom two, obviously, of course, getting that kind of golden ticket saved from having to play in relegation due to the pandemic. But they really have turned things around and capitalized on their their opportunity to stay in this league. And they've gone from, you know, uh, potentially getting relegated to a, a, a championship contender this season. And like you said, uh, I think one of the main reasons there is the play of uh, Jan Juvenen between the pipes. He has been just an absolute beast for them this season. Janne Juvenen has started 46 games, I believe. For us, uh, No. <laughs> yeah, he started 46 games. He's played in 49 out of 51 games. I, I can't believe it. I mean, the guy is a monster. That, that's, and that's almost unheard of in the SHL where a lot of teams will roll with a 1A, 1B kind of situation, uh, goaltender situation. But yeah, Jan Juvenen, he's 28-19 on the season. He's got four shutouts, 9-15 save percentage, and a 2.44 goals against average. I would have to say he is the standout for goaltender of the year. Ah, yeah, there's, I mean, it's hard to say there's no comparison, but I can't really find anyone close to his standards this season, oh, honestly, given the workload he's had. Given the workload, exactly. I mean, Victor Fast obviously is going to be a finalist, I would think, as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, given the workload and the consistent ability to perform so well from Juven in this season, um, yeah, he he has definitely earned that uh, uh, that that nomination for uh, goaltender of the year, which of course has not yet been announced. But I no. I would be surprised if he's not included in it. We're, we're going to go through all the nominations uh, at a later stage and pick our winners, obviously. But he's got four shoutouts to his season. Uh, only Victor Fast has more. He's tied for second in shoutouts with uh, Arvid Söderblom of Skellefteå and Christopher Drifalk of Rögle. Um, honestly. I can't really find many flaws with the Lexan team the way they're playing now. I think they've got eight straight wins, um, which is just unheard seven. of. Seven, sorry. Um, I mean, they're they're rolling right now. I, what does kind of concern me, and I've said this before, is the high workload. I, often when you look at the game sheets from a Lexan game, you don't see the defenseman having the most ice time. You see forwards. Yesterday, it was Patrick Sakrisson who topped, I believe, 22 minutes. I think he played 22 minutes 58 or something, which is just, I mean, as a forward, that's a lot. Yeah. But but apparently, he they they seem to like it. I mean, I've heard from someone with near the Lexan organization that all that Mark Rivik, Peter Salarik, and Carter Camper, they want to be played that much. They want to be out there for 20-plus minutes, which is, to me, just... I can't really fathom it, I, I believe. Sorry. Well, and we've, we've kind of talked about this throughout the season. We've done, saying, yeah, you know, we have. When, when is the burnout going to come for the, the that top line for Lexand? And it just, it hasn't. They just no. have kept going. They've kept trucking on. And I mean, I think you can, uh, you know, trace Lexand's success this season directly to that top line of Ribbit, Camper, and Solaric. They all have at least 40 points. Solaric's got 40 points, 20 goals, 20 assists which is absolutely incredible. Merrick Rivick's got 50 points, 13 goals, 37 assists, and Carter Camper's got 14 goals, 32 assists for 46 points. And after those three, the drop-off is down to Matt Cato and Patrick Zacherson, who have 30 and 29 points respectively. So you only have those three guys with 40-plus points this season. And I don't want to say they're carrying the team because the team is getting some depth scoring as well. They've got plenty of... Uh, um, offense coming from some of their other lines, but it, it, it it's one of those cases where that one line has been able to translate uh, all of their offense into incredible success for the team in general. And I'm, I'm going to make a soccer comparison here because 
back in the 90s, I'm a huge Manchester United fan. That's my team through and through in soccer. It's been like that since I was, I don't know, four or five years old. But but when Eric Cantona came to, to Manchester United, I'm going to keep it short, but bear with me. He started practicing after their <clears throat> training sessions. He stayed for, you know, practicing his volleys or his headers or whatever. And that kind of changed the whole mentality of the team that made our other players stay. It made the junior players stay. It made, it, it, within a couple of months, the whole team, <clears throat> actually, actually, within a couple of weeks, the whole team stayed behind after practice to, you know, practice some extra or work on their shots or whatever. And that set the mentality within the entire club for future generations. And that really was the solidifying thing that made Manchester United such a big team or su such a successful team, sorry. And I wonder if that's the case here with Bjorn Helkvist kind of pushing the envelope all the time on his players and Marek Rivik, Kara Kamper and Peter Solari kind of buying into that and showing that you need to go the extra mile all the time, every time. And you see that with Lex. And I, I wonder if we'll see, because looking at ice time now, Within with the top fifteen in ice time per game, uh, time on ice. Sorry, one, two, three, five players are from Lexand, and three are forwards. I wonder what that looks like next season. If we'll see more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one thing actually, I'm just looking at right now that I find kind of interesting about um, Lexand is they've got a bit of an older team. They've got an average age of over 27 years old on the team, which. Um, I think it's about middle of the pack for the league, but they've got a lot of veterans on the team that, uh, you know, I, I think could be helping, you know, the, the younger guys develop their game. And like you said, when you've got that team that's rolling, everybody kind of wants to put in that little bit extra work, that little bit extra, uh, you know, effort. And um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys will do in the playoffs. We should mention that Lexan won yesterday without Carter Ashton, without Carter Camper and without someone else. So they weren't completely full team. And also Mirko Müller scored three goals in three shots, which was quite good being a D-man, I'd got to say. And there were beauties as well. The, one of them was actually a shorthanded three-on-one <laughs> breakout. So where he finished off a tic-tac-toe play. I don't, I don't remember who kind of passed him, but I believe. Uh, well, he came into the slot and kind of lyric just got a backhand between the uh, legs of the goalie. Uh, such a beautiful effort. So, I mean, that was actually, I got to say another stat here. That was Lexan's third shorthanded goal in five games. Wow. And I don't believe they let in a power play goal either yesterday. So that means they haven't let in a power play goal in three or four games as well. So <laughs> they're, yeah, they're clicking right now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah, Lexan obviously on a roll. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, we've covered all the games that happened last night. And um, is there anybody else you want to chat about? Uh, maybe not. Uh, we're going to have a guest on in a while, but he's actually asleep right now. Well, actually, he's having breakfast. So we, we, we're <laughs> going to have a, a guest on in a while. Um, I don't think there's much to cover tonight. This being Friday, we'll see Kholefti play Malmö and a bit of an important game because Kholefti do need uh, to grab that win to kind of latch on to Lexand for the top three. They're two points behind right now. Uh, Malmö obviously needs uh, a couple of points to latch on to the playoff races here. But they've got so many games in hand, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, and um, yeah, just, uh, well, I guess touching on the top six race as well, Lulio is on a 
uh, pretty bad skid at the moment, and Forlunda is just one point back of them for that sixth and final spot in the top six, the uh, bye right into the quarterfinal. And so both of them have two games remaining, and so that's uh, another race to keep an eye on between Forlunda and uh, and Lulio. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's throw it over to our guest here, and we'll just do a, a, a tap out once we're done here. We're going to talk about the ESHL and uh, virtual hockey and some NHL with our, well, my good friend and your friend to be, Hampus Duvefelt from NHL.com slash SV. Perfect. Uh, now we're here with uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's not a hockey player. Well, he is sort of a hockey player. We're going to get into that. He's also a great colleague of mine at NHL.SV. He's, uh, I don't know where, forward, I guess? Or are you playing D? Actually, we're going to get into that. He's playing with in the ESHL for Ferry Stud this season. Welcome to the show, Hampus Duvefelt. How are you? Thank you, Sixten. I'm uh, I'm great, actually. I uh, just woke up a couple of hours ago, so I'm feeling refreshed and, and ready to podcast. And yes, I am a defenseman, actually. For People without kids, man. It's 12.10 here, and you woke up an hour and a half ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, <laughs> God, oh, when you have the day off, you got to make the most of it. So yeah. yeah, tell that to my kids, man. <laughs> well, actually, they are making the most of it because they still wake up at six, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but let's let's not talk about my hooligans of kids. Let's talk about the e, it's ESHL because you're not only a player; you're actually doing some writing, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, just like the ES, ESHL is basically. Uh, how do I explain this for people who who don't know what it is? It's it's essentially uh, the virtual uh, version of the SHL, where you have twelve out of fourteen teams. I think uh, Frölunda and Brynäs aren't participating. Uh, but you have 12 out of 14 teams uh, putting together like virtual lineups in the NHL 21 uh, game. Uh, so you're playing six versus six, uh, full lineups. Uh, all the, the skaters are human controlled. Uh, and then you match up against each other in the uh, game mode, uh, EA Sports. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this because I, we're all, I mean, video game fanatics in one way or another. Dave told me he doesn't play sports games, but and I sort of don't anymore because I get frustrated with people beating the living shit out of me. But let's just, uh, how did, does this work? Do you guys, what's the schedule? How many games are you guys playing? Uh, this season, which is the second season of the ESHL, uh, we are playing mm -hmm. one game every week. Uh, it's Monday evening. So the uh, regular season will be 11 weeks long, uh, which is kind of long, but uh, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, so it's it's every Monday. Uh, it's uh, 8 o'clock, and uh, one matchup each round is uh, broadcast at Seymour and uh, TV for play, TV for play. That's pretty cool. Is it uh, available for everyone, or do you have, like, have to have an account for it? Do you know? Because some of the play stuff are free to watch so to speak uh i have the seymour like the regular seymour just seymour and tv4 play and i was able to watch it obviously but i don't know how it is if you just have a free account uh i haven't i haven't viewed it from that perspective okay actually. now you you had mentioned uh, all skaters are human control does that include the goaltenders it does include the goaltenders and uh just like in uh, normal hockey that is definitely the most uh, challenging or exposed position to play because if you screw up you yeah it's noticeable <laughs> well yeah i was gonna say i have played the nhl games before and i've tried playing with the goaltenders and it's just something <laughs> i've never been able to get a hang of it's very difficult i'll, I'll tell you i've tried it myself uh and it's 
it's it's not pretty. So it takes uh, a certain individual to uh, uh, to be able to like shoulder that responsibility and and uh, actually get good at it because it's a lot of anticipation uh, and but yeah positioning and and all the the regular stuff that you use as a goaltender. So having played uh, the NHL franchise since well the very beginning myself. I haven't been able to, well, haven't had the time to play the NHL 21 <clears throat> version of it yet. But how, what's with, because when you play like HUT, which is Hockey Ultimate Team, or whenever you play online, there's always someone, some quote-unquote glitch goal. Um, I don't know what the status of that is like right now, but earlier on you can cut in from the right, shoot first corner, and you, you always score. Obviously with a, with a human goalie, that kind of takes away from it because he can anticipate that, but... Are there situations where you know, oh, that goddamn, he's he's using the the glitch? Do you, do you encounter that at all? Uh, that's actually the beauty of uh, having uh, six versus six, uh, all human controlled players, uh, is that there are essentially no glitches, and the ones that are around, you can counter uh, as a team. You can counter it either by the goalie anticipating, like you say, or you can counter it by placing a defenseman uh, or a forward uh, where where you know the the spot in question uh, where you could potentially score from so uh, that's that's really what makes it a lot more fun i feel than the one versus one um, edition uh, it's it's just that you know the the team aspect of it and also that you can fully control uh, essentially the outcome of a game the the more skilled team will almost always win how do you guys practice um usually uh, well, it depends uh, some of the guys have uh kids uh, you know uh how it is so you, you, some some of them have to uh, work around that you you have uh, your schedules and and stuff like that but we try to get around two two or three practices in a week and we usually schedule those around uh, eight uh, starting around eight in the evening and then you get together all all six of us and you uh, join up in a in a party on uh, Discord uh, or Skype. Some guys use Skype. We use Discord, uh, and then you just queue uh, into a game. Uh, sometimes you you schedule matchups against other uh, high level teams, and sometimes you just uh, search queue into average, oh, where you can get matched up against whoever. Essentially. Now you had mentioned obviously the regular season, eleven weeks long. Um... Uh, is there is there a postseason format after the regular season? There is. Uh, it matches well, not exactly, but it it kind of matches the the uh, regular SHL and the NHL in that it's uh, eight teams making the playoffs. Uh, you start off with the quarterfinals. Uh, the difference is that it's best of five. Uh, so you have the quarters, uh, the best eight teams playing, and then. Last year we had from the semifinals on, we had like a, a live event where the the all the players from the four best team uh, gathered together at uh, at a place in Stockholm called Inferno Online. Uh, I've where, been there. Yes, yes, it's it's pretty cool place. Uh, pretty nerdy place, but pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so everybody uh, gathered there, and and it was broadcast, and and they got to sit, you know, next to each other and play, which was uh, pretty cool. Uh, but I don't know if they're doing that this year, uh, obviously with the pandemic situation. So it might be fully online all the way. Uh, but they're doing it during the regular season this year. They're doing it so that they have one player, one representative from each team in the studio, in the EASHL studio, uh, every every uh, studio game. So 
last time it was uh, H371 against Lexand, I think, and they had one player from from each team there. So you know they interviewed them, and you know, it was a pretty cool broadcast. You can check it out on Seymour and TV4 Play if you have it. Now, obviously, you're uh, competing for the title of uh, ESHL champion, but are there any actual prizes that come along with winning the championship as well? There are. Uh, last year, the prize pool, I think it was uh, 100K total. Uh, Swedish crowns. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Good to specify that. Uh, I think it's something similar this year. I haven't actually uh, checked the... Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same. Uh, it's 100K. Uh, so for any North American e- listeners, that'd be about ten thousand Americans. So it's a pretty good chunk of money. It is. It is. It's uh, you know we're we're not really uh, professionals in the sense that you know that like the Counter Strike players and the League of Legends players, where you know they they can actually make a living out of this. It's it's still sort of a hobby, semi professional thing. As we are, the, the people participating in the ESHL are still signed by their teams. I'm signed by Fariestad. Uh, but it, it's, yeah, it, it, it's getting there, but it's, it's not really there yet. So, but yeah, 10 K, uh, us dollars just still, we'll take what we can get. It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. How does that work though? Because you played for Lulio last season, right? Correct. How, Correct. how does the, like off season work? Is everyone a free agent or are you, can you get signed for multiple seasons or what does it look like? I mean the the scene the competitive scene for NHL is still I would say young so the structure of contracts and everything like that is still uh, developing I would say uh, last year I signed with Lulio uh, the contract was for a certain number of months and that included uh, the ESHL and a couple of other uh, like the European Championship League is is another uh, so there are tournaments outside of the uh, ES- ESHL tournament so. Uh, it kind of depends on what the team wants to do, uh, if they want to sign long-term or short-term. But usually, uh, in this scene, it's it's shorter term. Uh, So I would think... I haven't talked about uh, an extension or anything like that with Firestar yet, but uh, uh, I would would guess it's like per-game basis or or even shorter than that, uh, usually. What does the... uh, You mentioned the international tournaments. Obviously, with everything being... As fresh as it is, does can any team kind of sign up for any tournament, or are there tiers or levels to that? Yeah. So when we're not playing the ESHL, which is obviously organized by the uh, SHL, <laughs> uh, we're playing uh, for a tournament organizer called NHL Gamer, obviously proper name, uh, and that uh, they feature. I think it's six or seven divisions in the European Championship. Oh, that's many. Yeah, so you have, you know, the elite division, the pro division, and then uh, it goes on. So you can, anyone can sign up for for the, I think it's the fourth or fifth division uh, and below. Uh, and But if you want to play in the elite division, which is the 16 best teams in, in Europe, not just Sweden, in Europe, uh, you have to go the long way. You have to get promoted through the divisions, which is kind of similar to how we do it here in the in the Swedish leagues with the tier systems. Now, when it comes to specifics of the the players that you personally play, are they actual players that are in the SHL, or are they players that you yourself design and name? Uh, they are uh, essentially avatars of ourselves. Uh, so I think it's 
you don't have to create your character to look exactly like yourself, uh, but it's I think it's it's encouraged and uh, yeah we do we do create uh, the players from from the bottom up uh, to to represent ourselves kind of so you choose your number, uh, you choose your playing style. You can either be like uh, if you're a forward, you can be a, a sniper uh, where you have more uh, better natural attributes for shooting. You can be a playmaker, you know, better natural attributes for passing, obviously. You can be a grinder. Uh, as a defender, you can be uh, actually an enforcer defenseman, but nobody plays that. Uh, <laughs> you can be a puck-moving defender, shooting defender, uh, and so on and so forth. But uh, usually you find that there are certain specific player classes that are uh, sort of better. Uh, so, so everybody kind of gravitates towards those. But, but I guess you would uh, want to kind of have a mix of uh, certain play styles within the team. You would uh, indeed. That's that's a good point to make, actually. And on my team now, uh, Firestop, we have <clears throat> our left winger is essentially Alex DeBrincat for for the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, he's a, he's a short sniper. He's very lethal with the scoring. We have a center that's more of a Ryan Getzlaff type. You know, he's big, strong, you know, puck possession type player. We have a dangler on the right wing, and then me and the uh, my uh, defensive colleague are kind of. Uh, I don't know. We we kind of go back and forth. Uh, we're like Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis, you know, can do both, <laughs> both so, offense and defense. So when you set up uh, in normal EA, EA SHL league, uh, which is available for everyone on the NHL franchise, you get a, a certain amount of ability points. Am I correct? Uh, it, they used to do it like that. They used to do it like so you okay. could essentially customize your guy however you want it. But uh, to actually to to help uh, you know parents and people yeah. who don't have time to to play as much and and uh, gather all the proper you know achievements to get the attribute points they actually have it set up so that you eat everyone gets like a uh, you get to create your player from scratch but there are uh, a certain number of boosts that everyone gets oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you can uh, kind of shift around how you want to do that but everyone has the same uh, uh, prerequisites from the from the start so there's no character advancing or if you will like that uh cosmetics you can okay so everyone's uh, it's very equal in terms of player abilities throughout the league so okay from the start yeah you can you can unlock a jersey tuck you can unlock a tinted visor you can unlock uh a mouth guard (laughs) (laughs) you got that tinted visor don't you i do yeah (laughs) i had a feeling uh so actually, I just had one final question regarding the ESHL, and we're going to pivot to the NHL uh, in a minute. But but it, the game nights, you play twice, don't you? And how long are the games? Yeah, so every every round, kind of, we play 11 uh, rounds, uh, one each week. And then every round is, is a home and away set. So you play uh, the opposing team twice. You play them one on your home arena and, and the uh, other in their home arena. Uh, there's really no <laughs> distinct advantage or disadvantage to play home or away. It's just how it's set up. Uh, so, yeah, every every so it's the regular season is 22 games long, uh, 11 times two. Now and every game's like 20 minutes, 20 to 25. Now speaking of the home and away, one of the things that obviously comes into play when you're playing on the same screen as other people in the NHL is either going up or down the ice. But playing as individuals, what is the camera angle like for you? when you're playing uh i've heard of people using the camera angle to go uh down the ice but i nobody that i know 
or in this league play anything other than uh, just going up the ice, you know, like the same style you use when you play one versus one in regular versus games or hockey ultimate team. It's uh, it looks essentially the same, uh, which is kind of a shame that when uh, people are broadcasting and you know, they're putting together studio productions, uh, they're, they're using that same camera because there is no uh, specific broadcast mode like they have in Counter-Strike where you can view it like a, from above, kind of. Uh, you can switch between angles and stuff like that. So that's, I would say that's something we've been asking the uh, EA Sports developers for a number of years now to, to include. We'll see if they do it eventually. So there's no real home ice advantage uh, like there is if you're playing on uh, the same screen because I think everybody would agree that going up is the uh, is the best camera angle. You are a hundred percent correct. No, there's no everybody everybody from their own angle plays up. Uh, so there's no advantage other than getting to where the home jersey is and you know seeing the fans in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unlike regular hockey, you still have fans in the stands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no pandemic situation there. <laughs> Lucky, lucky. Uh, should we pivot to talk about the NHL? Because uh, Davis from Vancouver, with everything that that brings, and we've been talking about the Vancouver Canucks enough this uh, on this <laughs> podcast. Let's talk about the Colorado Avalanche for a while. Um, they don't seem to have any ending in terms of prospects, do they? How do you mean, like where, where they would end up this season? Or no, no, I mean their the their pool of prospects is pretty deep. Yeah, I mean it's in incredible you, you you're looking at what could potentially be i think the next olympics are the like 2022 20, right uh, uh yeah 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 you're looking at potentially well byron might need a few more years but you could have like three olympic level defenders for for team canada playing on the same nhl team which is uh almost i would say obviously mccarr gerard and then uh byron at some point uh they do have a couple of forwards pro- forward prospects as well, but it's like when you have Ranton and McKinnon and, and Landeskog going the way they are and you got Kadri and Burakovsky in the second wave, it's you don't really need to bring out any young guys uh, on the forward side of it right now. So yeah. Yeah, They're looking solid, man. Uh, only down part would be goalie, I guess. Uh, Philip Grubauer is uh, pretty decent, but I mean, if he goes haywire or gets injured, things might not be as, as promising anymore. Yeah, I've <laughs> I like to uh, frequent the uh, the message boards for individual <laughs> HL teams sometimes, which can be a fun exercise. Uh, and whenever I've looked at the Colorado Avalanche uh, message boards at a place like HF boards, uh, you see they're very happy with their team. They're very satisfied where they are, except for the backup goaltending situation. It's they bleak. Very worried about that one. Uh, Hunter Miska did not perform very well and uh jonas johansson didn't exactly light it up he got lit up uh, <laughs> in his first game so yeah they they need a backup goaltender or they need someone to to take the reins and then become the backup goaltender because otherwise they're looking they're looking great hey 610 you know who's got a great prospects pool uh <laughs> <laughs> the vancouver canucks yeah they do <laughs> And they're looking solid as well now after a few. Yeah, they've had they've been on a pretty good run. I think they're eight wins in their last eleven or something like that. So, I mean, with the shortened season, I, I still doubt their ability to make the playoffs at this point. But they've been playing some good hockey. They have, yeah. So, on that note, Dave, who do you got long term, uh, Macar or Hughes? 
Oh, well, I'd have to go with my bias and say Hughes, but it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be those two for the next like 15 years competing for the Norris. Looks like it. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's about time Canucks had, uh, finally have a, a Norris quality defenseman. Uh, it's uh, It's been one of the weak points for the Canucks for the last two decades, basically, is not having that outstanding defenseman on the blue line and having Quinn Hughes there now. It's uh, it's it's nice to watch. What's your general uh, thought of, of the NHL season so far, Hampus? Obviously, you're uh, like me, we're, you're writing for the NHL Swedish website as well, so we get to see and hear your thoughts <clears throat> whenever we like, basically. But uh, what's your thoughts on the, on the season so far? Yeah, so outside of my... Uh my gaming time time i just <laughs> i don't just play nhl uh <laughs> i am i'm a, a writer i'm i'm you know we're, we're colleagues six them with the nhl.com swedish version uh and yeah so far i feel like the 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 most i've gotten the most entertainment from uh from the nhl out of the uh, scotia north division to be honest uh, i i feel like those games have been uh the most fun to watch in general, uh, the games I have watched. Uh, I don't know if it's because of like a lack of defense or or what it is, uh, but I've had the most fun with the Scotia North Division. But it's it's been a fun season so far. You you've had you have your storylines always. Like recently, you know, Sibanejad. Uh, Another six points last night. Yeah, struggling the whole season, and then all of a sudden you play the flyers twice and you have 12 points you know so it's, <laughs> I, I don't know who saw that coming yeah uh but like you said on that point uh, note of of, uh, of the north division it feels like every game is a rivalry game and uh, with everyone either loving or hating the toronto maple leafs it goes it becomes a shit show whenever they play but i mean Looking at the Vancouver Canucks, for instance, Dave, and and when they're facing the Oilers or the Flames or the Jets, for that matter, it's a it's a fierce battle out there. And uh, to that, I really hope they can, can keep that structure in a way. But with Seattle on the horizon, I'm doubting it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really fun to watch. Um, I mean, I think uh, you know this season has shown everybody that Toronto is not the only team we can hate, but everybody hates Calgary now too. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it, like you said, every game is like, especially, you know, Canucks, Flames, Canucks, uh, Oilers games are just so much fun to watch. Not a big fan of playing McDavid 11 times in one season, but, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been really fun hockey to watch for sure. And, um, it, it obviously, it gives some teams that might not have as good a record in a regular NHL season, a chance to shine. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I hope we kind of get back to regular play next season where we can you know get a regular season going playing against all other teams rather than just uh, the canadian ones but it's been fun to watch and it's definitely gonna go down in history as one of the uniquer seasons in in the nhl yeah i, I would agree with that sorry Ampus. from the uh, toronto maple leafs perspective it's it's got to be nice to uh not be looking down at the uh prospect of facing you know the boston bruins again in the playoffs at least not for a while at least that you know they they know they have should they advance they have the first two rounds uh, free yeah, of with yeah staying clear <laughs> of, of the bruins yeah that they they're either facing the bruins or they're lightning I'd, i'd say but yeah yeah what's your favorite kind of moment so far from the season i have one specific moment uh, that i that comes to mind but i don't want to tell until you guys say, say, say yours i guess i have 
That is a tough one. I mean, uh, right off the, the the top of my head, I'd have to say the Canucks opening win against the Oilers just because it was, you know, the start of the new regular season that everybody had been waiting for. And it was a, a great game, a great win against the Oilers before everything went downhill and the wheels fell off. So, <laughs> But they're not bitter at all, are you? <laughs> uh, I've also really just, I, like, especially over this last kind of successful run, they've lost three in a row now, but the, the, the play of Thatcher Demko has just been incredible to watch. He's been lights out. He's been oh, really yeah. good. Yeah, Honestly, I would... I would uh... I don't know. It's, it's such a PR answer, but I, I'll have to say uh, I, I thought the games at Lake Tahoe were pretty cool. Like, I know it didn't go exactly the way the NHL wanted with, you know, the them having to postpone the the, the first game or like after the first period. Uh, but it was cool because, you know, I do I do like to watch the Colorado Avalanche play and they were one of the teams participating uh, it was a pretty good hockey. And then you had like a, you know, Pasternak had a pretty fun interview afterwards and uh, uh, it's it, it was a it was a pretty good showcase and and a, a cool event that I guess I'm not sure we'll ever see again because I think for the NHL it's not really like an e- economically sound uh, event to have with no fans you know the, the the Winter Classics bring in ticket money from what is it seventy thousand fans or something yeah yeah it's uh, in, in huge stadiums I think the one back in 2006. 16 at uh was it the michigan university stadium had like 110,000 fans or something yeah that's (laughs) that's a lot of money in you know so uh but yeah i thought the event was very cool and it kind of um i don't know it kind of made it click for me that you know this is we're we're having an nhl season and that's and we're having fun so yeah, it was a very opportune moment for the NHL to place place everything on at Lake Tahoe, and I would, like you said, I would love to see it again. But uh, getting tens of thousands of people to such a place would be, uh, well, let's just say, not good for the environment to start with, and yeah. kind of not feasible in that way. But my, my my favorite moment is also from Lake Tahoe, and that would be my, uh, Alex Petrangelo going, "Oh boy," when when Nathan McKinnon comes down the line. And I, if you haven't seen that clip, it's awesome. <laughs> So watch it online when he sees just the, the sheer look of Nathan McKinnon coming at him like a fighter jet. And he goes, oh, boy, <laughs> it's, it's such a great moment. And, it's, and he's mic'd up everything. It's it's so good. So that's my like prime wow. moment of the season so far. Because like you said, it's about having fun, making people kind of forget the shit we're going through right now. And that's the, really the, the, yeah, the pinnacle of it all, I guess. You gotta imagine that that's how essentially everyone feels when you say, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." You could, it's the voice of every up. demon in the league, right there. Uh, uh, to <sighs> to track back to the ESA, you, know, you do have. It's weird because you have, you know, the, you you can't max out players. Everyone has the same player builds, but you still have those players. You still have those players that you know when you see them coming down with speed as a defenseman, you think. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. It's gonna be—he's gonna either make me look silly or it's gonna be a tripping penalty. So we'll see. What <laughs> <laughs> either way, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But do you know? Uh, just to kind of tie a knot on everything, getting back to the ES- ESHL with with this kind of small player base, obviously you get to know the nicknames and the player behind the nicknames. Uh, whenever you face a certain forward, you know, oh man, he's going to do stuff that I'm really uncomfortable with or stuff like that because you, you get to know their style of play in a way, right? Yeah, I've been playing for so long, so I know, <laughs> I know 
I've met most of them at various events through the years. So I know their tendencies. I have a little, I have a little black book, you know, with the, <laughs> where I have the scouting their, report. Yeah, I have their scouting reports. So, yeah, <laughs> I, they also know what I'm gonna do. So it's, it's fun. It's fun. There's there's a lot more gamesmanship to it than uh, what people watching might think. I can imagine. I mean, it's like that in the NHL or in the regular hockey as well. I mean, outside of the rink, everyone seems to be friends or even brothers. So it's uh, that's the beauty of it, kind of knowing everyone's there for one reason. And on the ice, your opponents, but off the ice, we're all they're all a big family, basically. Yeah, it was interesting because I was uh, you and I talked about this sixth and it was fun to see. I think it was uh, the game between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning recently, where you had I don't know their relationship privately, but it would seem that uh, Victor Hedman and, and Patrick Hornquist, Hornquist are like, good friends, but they, you know, it, it was they just on the ice. <laughs> it's fun to see that switch just flipped and them being furious with each other. You don't often see that amongst Swedish players. No, really yeah. not. And it goes to show, we just to go on a tangent here, did you see those games, Dave? The Panthers? Like no, them? no, I didn't. Because the, we had a piece on on the website, like promoting, not promoting it, but the angle was that that's the next big rivalry in the NHL. And honestly, that's not a PR thing. It really looks like we have something going there with, with the Panthers and the Lightning both being top teams in their division right now. And they really don't like each other as well. So, and I believe they face each other another four times in the regular season, and there might be playoff opponents as well. So, if you get the chance, do watch those games because there'll be blood and there'll be goals. Yeah, for sure, for sure, it's a good drive. I love it. I love it. Hey, we've been rambling on for quite some time. Uh, Hampus, anything you want to plug, like social media stuff like that? I know you're not a huge social media guy, but neither <laughs> am I anymore. So uh not really like i said i i i basically spend my days either playing nhl for for firestad and the eshl writing articles uh covering the league eshl at the website e.shl.se or just writing articles on on nhl.com slash sv so uh, that's what i do i spend my days uh playing NHL or writing about the NHL or writing about virtual NHL. So I don't really have any <laughs> I don't really have any stuff to plug outside of that to be honest. No Twitch channel or anything? Uh well you can find those uh, Twitch channels and everything on the e.shl.se uh, website. But most of the time it's just uh twitch.tv and then slash the team name. That that's basically it. Uh, without the uh, umlauts. You call them umlauts yep. I think. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's usually where you can find, and and every week you can find the uh, the game of the week in the ASHL on Seymour and uh, TV for play. That's awesome, Hampus. Thank you so much for joining the, our our plucky little show here, and we'll make sure you hop on down the line again to talk playoffs and maybe even expansion draft for the NHL because we're gonna do those at a certain point. We don't just don't know when. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a uh, was a lot of fun. It was a it's a great way to kind of start off the day i know you hate oh, me. god damn it <laughs> but it was a lot of fun so thank you guys for having me and uh, i i hope we can can do this again sometime i'll go shoot myself now uh, <laughs> all right thanks very much hampus and uh thanks guys for listening uh six ten and me are probably gonna try and get a new episode out uh i don't know what do you think six ten midweek next week uh so we'll get a better picture of the playoff uh, uh 
I would say so. And we'll try yeah. to get someone on as well for a brief, brief interview as well. Excellent. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have yourself a great weekend and uh, we'll talk next week. See ya.